Welcome, fellow hang gliding shield surfers. This is RPOK. Hello and welcome to RPOK, a podcast on the Ace of Geeks Network. We're here to talk about... Oh my god, it's been so long. We're here to talk about a bunch of stuff. Right? So many uh, things. Gaming, welcome. storytelling, tabletop... And Mass Effect Andromeda. You would let, and you most, would just, we're going to end up talking... That was quick. We're going to talk about Andromeda. I just want to get it out of the way. I want to be on the record as having said it like, first. Mm-hmm. No, nobody who knows us thought we weren't going to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. I mean, I'm totally flabbergasted and floored that we're going to be talking about this. What? What? We've all, been keeping up on news for this game? I'm just as surprised as you are. Like all one of our imaginary listeners, is <laughs> who is me going back and listening to the episode, right. getting us a play count, is clearly... <laughs> astounded that we're <laughs> going to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. I was briefly debating trying to say hello and welcome to RPOK season two, but that would imply that we had a season one and not just Ben stopped editing the podcast for like <laughs> five months. We all so, got real busy with we life. We all got really busy. You know, Chris and I still do things that are affected by holiday schedules greatly. Right. Mm-hmm. Zach re- was like, screw that. <laughs> New not, job. Fuck this. I'm out. Other things. Right. It, yeah. Uh, an actual adult grown up job where you have I to know. wear buttons on your shirts. Oddly enough, adult grown up job is still at middle schools. So oh, God, middle school Chris would be furious. Yeah. <laughs> it was a step forward and a step backward at the yeah, same time. I didn't make it very far. And yet somehow. <laughs> and yet but here we can, are. But you get to have brunch now. I get to have brunch on weekends now, which is terrible for podcasting because you guys have a schedule and I have a very different schedule. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you're absolutely right. It's a good thing we're stubborn. Yeah. 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 Very true. With like months in between. Speaking of which, welcome back to the pod. Uh, well, I mean, we've been up to a lot besides work and before <laughs> we start talking about work, because that's a terrible place for this conversation to go. Let's... Yeah. Talk about what nerdy game stuff we've been doing. Yeah, let's talk about the fun things. Yeah, I feel like uh, Zach has the most prominent nope. and obvious example because it's literally sitting next to him on nope. the floor charging. Nope. He hasn't fiddled with it on the regular every I'm 15 try- minutes. I'm, my hand is inadvertently going toward my... I got a Nintendo Switch. I've been playing an unreasonable amount of uh, Breath of the Wild. It's a really fun, good, great, yes, game. Play it, please, if Go, you have do a way to thing. do it. Yeah. Do the thing. So eloquent. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, do you want to get into the whole like Breath of the Wild thing now, or should I just keep that in the holster for later? Let's, let's just talk about Breath of the Wild now, because yeah, it's what you've been doing. Clearly oh, energetic. You feel about very it. strongly about I it. I really do. It's and it's it's a gorgeous game. Like you you showed me just a little bit mm-hmm. before we got started. It's really pretty. I mean, the the world is really well imagined, but of course it is, because it's coming from Nintendo, who's had literally decades to make games in this world slash worlds kind of because there's well it's one world with like three different timelines yeah that go in different well, I, th- I think directions. that this latest iteration of the zelda game has thrown the timeline theory out of whack it's just because uh, everyone is trying to figure out which one it applies yeah. to aha uh-huh. and i'm not i'm not done with it yet so i can't necessarily be the uh the deciding factor in that one but you know it's there are some things that have changed about this game that one thing that I wanted to throw out there for you, though, is the inclusion of kind of robots 
in this game. Like, uh, so when you say robot, do you mean a magically animated golem or something that is uh, mechanically assisted? So good question. It's a little bit of both. Uh, the thing that you have huh? with you the entire game it's, it is called the Sheikah Slate. It's an iPhone. It's an iPad. It's an, it's a goddamn Nintendo Switch. <laughs> sure. You it's have a Switch, Switch hanging off your, your belt, and you go up to these pedestals, and you put it next to it, and it turns a different color, and it interacts with it, and you basically have a small computer with you. Um, there are times where you actually mount it into a dock, and things happen, uh, and, you know, there's there's... Uh, but it's not like you know how to operate the computer. The computer is doing the operating on its own. Oh, yeah. Is it acting more like some sort of mystical, magical amulet? It's acting more like an amulet that you can interact with to a certain extent. You've got the 100-year amnesia thing going on. Oh, yeah, classic Link. Yeah, so he doesn't remember. Link has been asleep for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, what's, Again. What's actually really funny is that uh, you... <laughs> The war that happened 10,000 years ago between you and Ganon, and this is just set up for the story. I'm not going to get too much into that. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, this is just background. Yeah. Like, you find out right away at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. There's, exactly. there was a war 10,000 years ago. Um, but it's just, I I don't know. This is a total aside. I just think it's great that in so many stories in Japanese culture, they use uh, 10,000 years ago as, like, a uh, an, an amount of time that's surprisingly common in storytelling, because it's just the mm. largest singular number. Yeah, it's a huge number. Yeah. Way past all of our uh, Christian influence. Well, that and the Japanese word for, as far as I can remember from the couple Japanese like classes I took, there's a word don't for 10,000. There's a word for 10,000, and yeah. then beyond that, it's just multiples. Chinese is the same way, I think. There's a word for 10,000, but you know, there's a word for 1,000, a word for 10,000, but there's not a word for 100,000. It's like mm -hmm. 10, 10 thousands. Right. Uh, interesting. Uh, like you remember Rita Repulsa in Power yeah. Rangers? Ah, after ten thousand years, I'm free. It's a, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's it's burned into everybody's brain. That was, and yeah. all it should be. That was an echo. That movie's coming soon. Way oh yeah, then. yeah, right. Well, yeah, we'll uh, see about that. We'll probably right. get into I'll, that a little bit too. I'm curious enough to watch it. Mm -hmm. We'll see it, but. Uh, but Breath of the Wild looks really pretty. Yeah. Um, individually animated blades of grass because they're all large and comically big because it's <laughs> right. a Nintendo game. But it looks really cool. Looks really cool. Um, I, I I don't want to get too much into the story because we have people present and probably people listening that would like to have that game be an experience that they get to Thanks, know, pal. have in their lives. Appreciate that. Of course. People listening immediately to your right. Yes. Well, <clears throat> you know. Can't exclude Chris. Uh, Never. <laughs> Never. But <clears throat> they do a lot of things in this game that are so mechanically interesting and so drastically new for Zelda that make it, to me, a completely different game. But much like Doom was a really faithful successor to the Doom franchise, mm. I see this as being, you know, a, a really great evolution of zelda like it's more than just a spiritual successor like it feels like a zelda game without having the same gameplay as previous zelda games yeah it, it so has... like like an appropriate like the sequel isn't the right word it's it's some modernization i think okay ah, okay. that's a oh, good way of putting that's it. that's a yeah that was a very good way of putting it they have a crafting system that is done remarkably well it's not something that would ever get in the way it's or make tedious. you no uh, the crafting system is only done to make you food so you can recover hearts because hearts falling out of things are gone. 
Oh. Uh, so that's how you recover health now is yeah. by eating food. Yeah. Although you, you collect a lot of food, it seems you like. Collect a ton of food. And the food that you collect, like for example, you'll get an apple <clears throat> and you can eat it and you recover a quarter of a heart. Or you can yeah. Or you can go up to a fire with a little pot over it and you can throw the apple in there and it'll recover three quarters of a heart. Nice. Or you can throw three apples in there and it'll make a fruit skewer that recovers four hearts. Et cetera. So like et cetera. The, the value of changing like the it's actually an exponential value. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. Basically. Mm-hmm. So the Absolutely crafting system is ingestible to on it actually help you recover much faster in the game. On top of that, there's uh, heat resistance, cold resistance, flame resistance. Acid resistance? I don't know about acid. There is lightning resistance, though. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Stamina regen, uh, extra hearts, attack and defense buffs you can cook into all your foods. Wow. Um, Whoa. Reminds me of Fallout 4. A little bit. Uh, Because there are less traditional dungeons, they have over 100 smaller puzzles scattered throughout the the world i remember reading about like these micro dungeons they're called shrines yeah 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 uh you can use them as fast travel points because fast travel has made it into zelda oh hallelujah yeah yeah that's fair i remember playing a link to the past and just going great i just have to go from here to here Mm -hmm. and the world was like just small enough that it didn't feel unreasonable to have to go from point to point but it was also irritating Mm mm-hmm one thing that i think is kind of interesting about this is that it has i think at least in my opinion it has a similar sort of emptiness to the world like there's very few other people there right because we're also used to playing games you know where you have a ton of background npcs walking everywhere many Mm -hmm. of whom don't are like very side to the story like not everyone has their own story in an rpg game Mm -hmm. and in zelda the only characters you see are going to end up being important because there are so few of them, which I think right. is true. I would say is true of the original Zelda games for the most part as well. Yeah. Like it's a common Zelda thing to just, it's just not a heavily populated world. With the way that this world is designed, there are more people in it, but they're, they're in very specific areas. Uh, and there actually is a story reason for that. Uh, there's, there's very little traveling outside of distinct gathering areas. Where it's like safe. Mm-hmm, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, based on uh, what I saw when you were in the overworld for just a little bit, which is really the only world in this game, much like other RPGs we've been playing lately. Again, as far as I know, but right, which probably. seems like yeah, 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 that makes sense, and that's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'm down with that because it's it's a different feel. Like it's it's like the jokes about the Final Fantasy 15 road trips, which, in fairness, none of us have played <laughs> yet. It's true thing. But the no, idea I've, that like you're just I've driving only seen through. pictures of Boy Band Simulator. Boy Band Simulator 2016. Boy Band Camping Simulator 2016. Oh, right. right. Boy Band Road Trip Camping Simulator 2016. <laughs> uh, it's hot, hot. Boy boys have to get off the road. Right. And cooking simulator. You've seen the one of the where somebody said, let me go ahead and post a picture of the FF15 cast and then it was a picture of NSYNC. And this is now the NSYNC reunion. It was the FF15 cast. <laughs> like, I can't tell the difference. They're the same picture. What is this? Solid meme. Solid. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty that. good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, where, like, you get in a car in order to drive from point to point and then go, like, fill up on gas in between. And really what you do half the time is you spend half the time pushing your car that has run out of gas. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that's... You're just kind of, like, driving from point to point. And, I mean, in fairness, like, once I actually play that game, because I'm still on Final Fantasy three. Oh, That's your progress. Three you, is... three you is kinda, progress. Three is... Yes, I'm not on one anymore. Yeah. Or two, even. I'm on three now. Uh, three is hard to get through. It's a bit of a slog. Um, but not the way that like one and two, one and two were slogs like, but I just hit a point in three where I have to just kind of grind for a while. 
so that I can get enough levels to not immediately die when I go into the next dungeon. It's like, ah, oh, here we are again. I'm so happy to hear that you're enjoying these slogs. They're so great. <laughs> I'm really glad that I Such a good dedicated investment. myself to this yeah. task. Really pleased. Okay, after, but like, okay. All the after while, the this, shame list grows. Like, <laughs> doesn't it though? Oh, yes, it does. I think you know the shame list always grows. The shame list doesn't stop, although it, it has slowed down because uh, thanks to doing this show, I loudly shame myself every time I'm thinking of buying a game. Mm. <laughs> but once in a while, I get them anyway. Um, I, I try to shame myself as well, but then I go out and buy a goddamn Nintendo Switch on launch day and. There goes you, that. I mean, we all have moments of weakness. Yeah, I did. It, it was mostly uh, due to your rantings and ravings, Zach, that I actually went out and bought Witcher 3. Yes. For which I am incredibly grateful uh, for your patience as you described to me this awesome game and just sat there blinking like at a year. me, wondering why I wasn't playing the game when I should have been playing the game. And that's what I should have been doing. And I wasn't. And I'm sorry. It's I could never, ever fault you for that. I'm just so, so happy that you're getting to experience that now. Fucking phenomenal. It's crazy. I can't believe I didn't realize. I mean, even within the confines of our podcast here, the storytelling in that game is excellent. Yeah. Just a, a, from the like the big grand overarching story to all the tiny stories that are told in your like passing by interactions with NPCs. It's very well done. Very mm-hmm. pleasing, very entertaining. Uh, I'm just going to chit-chat about that for a second here. because We actually, I think, would make a grand transition into, Chris, what have you been up to? Well, I've been up to a lot, um, including The Witcher 3, which I'm going to talk about right now because I love The Witcher 3. Now, Ding. because I joined the club. That I'm a card-carrying member. As, as we joke about Steam Shamelists, uh, I also purchased The Witcher 3 and have been playing at a much slower rate than Chris. Well, so. yeah, <laughs> can't fall. No, that's. I mean, I just, yeah, I haven't made as much time for that because various things. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm still in the starting area, and uh, I haven't taken down the first major monster yet. But it's still a gorgeous game, and it is it, the gameplay is super smooth. Like it's it's a lot of fun. Still being in the starting area is it's like still you should a huge area. You shouldn't say that with any shame. Like no, the starting area is massive. There's so much to do in this game, and none of it feels especially grindy or side questy um it, part of it is the framing device of being a witcher because the whole point of being a witcher is that you take care of problems for people for money right mm-hmm. exactly you're you're a monster hunter for hire and it's yeah whether it, you're taking be, on monsters that are threatening someone or their area or whether you're getting someone's pan back you're still you're doing jobs for money <laughs> and that's that's what it means to be a witcher oh, right about that one yeah. um yeah. i just did that the other day that tells you how far back i am but uh it's, that's, that's okay I'm going to end up pausing this game anyway soon, and we'll talk about why that is in a minute. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We've got plenty of pork snap to go around. I have you're no idea right. what you're referring to. I'm completely in the dark here. Uh, definitely. Dark of space. Uh, whenever I, I'm definitely space. talking about. <laughs> Don't throw shit. <laughs> I, Listeners can't hear you throwing shit. <laughs> so the, one of the moments in Witcher 3 that stands out to me um, actually happened... Uh, with a character that I wasn't trying to kill. It's Geralt. Uh, you're uh, uh, a monster hunter for hire, and he's got this gravelly voice, and he talks. A witcher. <laughs> talks he's with a witcher, you can tell. Terse phrases where he he's says. He's the only one that speaks in an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> Not the, yeah, I think he's like. One, of, one of few. Anyway, um, he, he speaks very tersely, and he uh, is always uh, ready to lay on pressure and intimidate. It's like, need more information about this. 
going to have to go do something dirty. Stand by or something like mm-hmm. that. He goes um, up to a shopkeeper and says, show me what you've got. Right. Take a look at your wares. Yeah. Um, and what you got there? Like, like the amount of badass got. that he is is quite yeah. apparent. It's obvious when he's walking around with his broad ass shoulders. His yeah, twin you can swords see him the like there's like a, a, a stock. A, it's not even a swagger. Yeah, it's a I, I, mm-hmm. that's absolutely correct. His shoulders hunch forward a little, and his legs kind of be moving these quick, like stumpy motions. Right. Like, um, so he just always looks ready for a fight, mm-hmm. which is, he is his life. He, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I mean, you, you're not wrong. Put yourself in his boots. Yeah, really, you're not wrong. Uh, so the moment that boots really st- disgusting. stood out to me <laughs> was when I was uh, following a lead into a swamp, and I encounter the godling, uh, Johnny, like this tiny little benevolent fey creature who's lost his voice, um, big, huge, like golden, shiny eyes, and like a scar or a cleft lip, and these child size. And the way that Geralt's interactions with him changed significantly, but very subtly. And all of a sudden he was uh, speaking with a gentler tone and he was crouching down to like meet eye to eye with this creature and was suddenly way more giving and caring with what he was saying. And it totally took me by surprise because like, this is really subtle. Geralt has dimension. He has mm-hmm. depth, and, and he has he has understanding. That's that you that he's just you. You think he's very one note when he starts because the situation <sighs> it doesn't change at the beginning of the game. He's very he is very one note exactly. Mm-hmm. He and he's, then as the game he's chasing progresses, someone and then he has to kill a monster and then he gets chased out because he's a murderer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, but we get to see this softer side of him, and I was I was taken aback. Like, oh, wow. That's, uh, Good job, Project Red. He's got some humanity yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the fun things that, you know, is getting to see a character change or have depth is why mm-hmm. we say, oh, this character is interesting as opposed to like, you know, Duke Nukem. Right. Uh, he, he, here's here's another uh, grim, grizzled, <laughs> white male protagonist yeah. war veteran. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey. So original. Oh, he look. Just- Look at what a, ba- what a badass he is talking about chicks. First time I've ever seen that. And there, there's yeah. floating debris on the cover of the video game. Ooh, he's looking to his left with a gun in his hand. There's an orange glow on the right. Wow. How edgy. Yeah. Gee. Anyway. So Witcher 3 has been great for me. Yes. Um, aside from Witcher 3, uh, games not really playing a whole lot. Um, we did Dundra. We, we did do DundraCon. Uh, and I, I I had so much fun at PajamaCon. Yes. Uh, the inception of PajamaCon was at the hotel that we had for DundraCon. We ended up spending more time in the hotel than we did in DundraCon proper. Con. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which I'm not mad about because no. I had in a great time. Hell in, yeah. In the spirit of it, we did play a whole bunch of games. We played a shit ton of games. I got to show you guys Fiasco finally. That yes. was entertaining. I played... Not, not quite the same as the last time I played a it. A single pen and paper like RPG tabletop game. Right, likewise. And then a whole bunch of games with my friends at the hotel, PajamaCon 2017, good times. Hashtag PajamaCon. Yes. Um, so DungeonCon was good. Uh, between that and the inevitable crushing of life that is my day job. Right. Uh, There's only so much time. There is only so much time. And I, I did a stupid thing. I agreed to do something about... Uh, uh, 
my health and was trying to do a Spartan race, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, Yeah. And someone asked me and I said, fine, that sounds like fun. And I was insane at the time. I don't know why. So I've been more power to you, but I've been the anti nerd. I've been working out a lot. Mm -mm. I'm so confused. And 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 that's been cutting into my gaming time, but are you, are you're not even playing zombies run? Are you? Uh, no, I tried and it was kind of cool. But it also wasn't as punchy as I would have liked. And also, I don't actually get to run enough because of yeah. certain physical limitations. Sure. Understandable. Which, you know, we'll we'll jump that bridge when the Spartan race comes to it. Understandable. Well, and aside from that, uh, I've been doing, I mean, my fight thing and uh, generally just not having enough time for anything else. I mean, you have been in playing in uh, or running a game or two. Right, it's only been a couple of D and D games. I, I I guess it's been a while since we've done a podcast, and yes. in the interim period, yeah, I guess I should be broadening in the interim my range. Period, you, I killed left a trail of two blood players. and tears in you, the process. You what? Of, <laughs> Zach McQueen turned into a horrible murderer of oh, dice. I have no idea what y'all talking about, my friend. Second notch, I got to carve into the side of my DM screen. Yeah, it was worth it. It's a really cool death. It was uh, so cinematic. Yeah, it was pretty cinematic. Not at all worth it, though. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you kidding? It's totally worth it for I, me. I didn't die for any sort of a grand cause. I didn't, didn't sacrifice yourself in the. N- no, there was no completion of a of a greater goal because you, of my death. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm I'm just having a really hard time remembering how your character died. Can what happened? I thought there was a dagger. So, I, so okay, face. so we've talked about how I'm really bad at rolling dice. I'm sure we've talked about that before. So it's come bad. up. I'm yeah. sure it's come up. So, so um, there was a really bad roll on one of our party members' part. Uh, he popped a bunch of cooldowns and threw a dagger to look really cool. Uh, rolled, ex- well, got a one. Rolled a one, yeah. So he missed the guy he was aiming for, hit the person directly behind the guy he was aiming for, namely me. <laughs> Uh, directly in my eyeball. Yeah, it was an excellent, excellent fail. Really? It was a really good, bad throw. Yeah, uh, so he crit, Right where he was aiming, wrong person. He crit missed the attack, so he hit me. I failed the dex save, so the hit landed, and he did a lot of damage, knocking me down. So I fail my first death save, and then roll a one on my second death save, killing my character permanently, because or at of, least immediately. Yeah, oh, both, I think. Right, that's fair. Yeah, at that point, uh, that was the second death in the party, and I think you were itching for a new flavor of character anyway. Yeah, as much fun as it was to roleplay Geralt in D&D. <laughs> True. <laughs> With just a different name, really. Yeah, that's that's essentially what I was doing. It There's... I, I feel that I explored that quite a bit, and I was uh, I was itching for a different uh, mechanical experience as well as a different storytelling experience. That's um, fair. So you rolled up a very different kind of character on your next roll through. Yeah, I'm a bard. I have charisma now. A lady bard. <laughs> yeah, yeah tiefling, lady, bard. tiefling bard. I got a sexy tail. <laughs> it does. Thanks. And I have an actual custom model. For serendipity, my tiefling bard at home on my desk. Mm. It is there. Nice. Yes. You went through Hero Forge? Went through Hero Forge. Uh, Shout yes. out to Hero Forge, by the way. You guys are awesome. 
Yeah. Agreed. Since we're sure they listen and all. But... I, I spent yeah. a lot of money with Hero Forge already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. It's uh, If anybody hasn't heard of Hero Forge, uh, you can design your own mini using a, I think it's like a flash browser mm-hmm. app thing. Yeah. But you can essentially choose parts and pieces of modular things that you can then stick together to make a miniature. So you right. can have like the body looks like this. You can change the height and the size and the how buff the arms are defined and things because what you they're doing is horns go here loot yep. goes here yep. you pick which kind of bracers you want on the forearms these weapons in these hands this pose mm-hmm. this base because they're 3d printing your model which means that even though they're working with a like not terribly limited but like a, a finite set of choices what they do is take those choices scale appropriately and then build a 3d model out of them which they'll, which they'll then ship to you uh, and that 3D model can be in a variety of materials from plastic to bronze, bronze, which yeah. pretty much looks gold, Yeah, which mm-hmm. is real cool, as long as you're willing to drop a lot more money on it. Uh, side but, note, I did not get a bronze character. Just going to put that one out there. No, I, 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 the only way that I would uh, justify the expense is if I actually ever get a player character to level 20. Because at mm. that point, that character is a god and deserves to be mortalized. Right. Yeah, Mine was going to be if actually... I ever actually get one to full-on finish a lengthy campaign. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> If Nell survives all the way through Curse of Strahd, I might maybe get make a commemorative figure of her. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we'll see if she survives. Again, <laughs> there's still a there's lot a reason to happen, the maybe sure. always applies there. <laughs> there is a I lot. don't know how this game goes. <laughs> uh, but in fairness, I'm also much more careful with my character because I don't feel like I've gotten to explore all of the storyline possibilities yet. Although, you know, I'm not sure that, that Sheldon did either when his character got offed, but yeah. he had also gotten to, you know, muck around a little with the dimensions of his. So he seems pretty happy with his with his, Yeah, his, his weird monk. His monk Silent that spouts platitudes. <laughs> How have I never said that? <laughs> wow, that's a missed opportunity In the there. session, That's an yeah. excellent pun. So uh, uh, Sheldon's character doesn't actually talk. Like, he well, says, he can say words. He makes words happen. Right, but, but he, it's not in a, a recognizable form of conversation. He, he speaks, speaks in idioms. Yeah, he speaks platitudes. Platitudes, there we are. <laughs> sort of. Uh, and for it's, the most part... It's like part, he's a walking Confucius Says joke. I was going to say Confucius Says. Thank that's, you. Yeah. That's exactly what the vibe I was what getting. What can you do? But Good I mean, job, essentially he takes, uh, <laughs> he, he takes things that sound like wisdom and then says those in place of actual communication. Plus he'll also like occasionally draw or write or point at things or gesture or la- he'll laugh a lot. Uh, the character is generally very happy, which is actually pretty interesting. Uh, but, you know, my character has decided that she doesn't like him because he killed Zach's character. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of drama about that. That was great. Yeah, yeah. there's some internal politics now. A little bit. Uh, it's very funny because his character has been trying to get back on my character's good side since then. I don't know whether it's working or not yet. I think maybe a little. But it is very funny that he is needed to. Because, yeah. you, you know, in a in a good D&D group you run into that once in a while like characters that leave the opportunity to change their dynamic but start out one way or another you know and so it's it's nice to not one note that but it is also really funny that just like literally though you rolled a one and you killed my other team member I'm not happy with you now to be fair it is a little hard for him to just sort of sit down and talk it out with you oh it's not something that's we've established that that doesn't go well yeah because, you know, he tried that once and I tried to kill him. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was great. Uh, he, he like tried to say something very reassuring. And I went, I'm rolling an attack. <laughs> <laughs> I scream and leap at him. Um, I missed. I also did not kill him. 
uh, for the record. And we are continuing to adventure to this day, whether I like it or n- no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, listen, you guys still have yet to reach the end of the campaign. A lot of things can By change. By any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, speaking of which, um, I've been running my Strahd game as well, which has been a very interesting experience trying to GM a campaign that I'm also in without spoiling myself, which I feel like I've handled relatively well, all things considered. The one or two little things that I have learned, I generally can keep to myself and try to work around in conversation without coming back to. And for the most part, when we get into places with our group, you know, my group is still going through the initial scenario, Death House. And so luckily that means that they just haven't gotten all that far. So I'm still working with material that not only isn't really directly related to the storyline, is like mostly tangential, but also like is encapsulated. You know, that means mm-hmm. that I don't have to start spoiling anything because they haven't gotten past parts that we're in yet. But uh, it's a really weird experience to run a campaign that you're in. I imagine so. Simultaneously. Really glad it's the other, not the other way around, though. If I had run it first and then was in it, I probably would have been like, this is... Uh, oh, no, yeah. guys. What a mystery. I have no idea what will happen if we go down there. Oh, that suit of armor is probably nothing at all. You, I think I'll just walk right through this square. Oh, no. Oh, no. Alas, I have been cut down in my prime. That's funny you mentioned a suit of armor, Zach. Dun, it's almost dun, like I've been through Death dun. House or something. <laughs> My group's oh, already I was been thinking past of that. A different suit of armor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, dude. Well, Ben, what else have you been doing? Um, actually, so I, uh, because I didn't have enough things that I was trying to do in this area already, I started another campaign. <laughs> so I run two now, um, at least. Uh, officially, I run, and then I started another thing, so I run three now. Oh, right. good and cool. Yeah. Uh, so Great. let's see. I'm running Curse of Strahd, which is a really fun and very particular kind of story because Gothic Horror isn't actually my strong point. And so uh, figuring out how to play a game like that and reconcile it with the way that I like to DM is, has been a really interesting challenge. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, you know, I, I started running it at one of our friends Alexis's request, and I said, okay, oh, yeah, cool. sure, let's go ahead and let's try that. Um, I'm also now running Out of the Abyss, which is an Underdark Central campaign um, that features, among others, our friend Chris over here as one of the characters. Also known as Shade on the Prairie. My my character is a uh, tabaxi fighter. Uh, tabaxi is sort of a lanky cat person. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's totally lion flavor. He's got a mane. Uh, and it's all super like... This is the one you're you're playing with lamps, with right? With lamps, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who has also been on the show. Who mm-hmm. is also a tabaxi. We're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's great because they just decided to go full on Khajiit with it. It's been very entertaining. <laughs> Shade on the Prairie does not know what you're talking about. I rest my case. <laughs> uh, it's been really entertaining that we have a couple of people that are very new to D&D, a couple that have limited experience or have played previous editions of D&D, and then Chris and Lamps are our like, resident fifth ed veterans. Um, but it's a nice mix of people and it's a different campaign because you start as prisoners and you start in the Underdark and the entire campaign from the start takes place in the Underdark, which is really neat. I'm excited. I've never actually played Underdark campaign. Sounds settings. like an Elder Scrolls yeah. game right now, actually. <coughs> I mean, a start in prison. Yeah, start in prison. <laughs> start in prison. Game. Every Elder Scrolls game, start in prison. Yeah. Uh, but what's neat about this game, it's it's more like playing your entire game out in the dwarven under fortresses because you know they're massive pieces of architecture they have their very own unique style and look because they're underground there's like phosphorescent fungi and there's all kinds of uh different unusual monsters and entirely different sets of races and locations you run into we're running into basic communication issues because not everyone speaks common they speak 
undercommon. Oh, wow. Which is common in the Underdark. Yeah. But not on the surface. Right. It is a language you can take if, as a starting character option, but not many people do, mm-hmm. which was good because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, and so now we have no one that speaks under common, and I'm fine with that. I'm actually much happier this way. because there, so there are ways to communicate. We have one warlock that can speak to anyone because of tele- telepathy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, not one clue. I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's make this real weird. <laughs> Uh, so it's been it's been really entertaining, but it, that's a lot of fun. I'm also now running another show for the Ace of Geeks called Ace Alley Wrestling, hmm. and it is a wrestling role playing game podcast. Oh, that's so live cool. stream, <laughs> live stream. Yes, uh. <laughs> we do our quote unquote pay per view events every like every month. We do one pick one Sunday. Uh, our next one's coming up, <coughs> probably like the weekend that this podcast goes up, but. Um, it's it's been fun. We're we have a bunch of people who are playing not only wrestlers, but they're also playing the people behind those wrestlers. And so uh you there's a lot that mostly goes on with the matches in the ring. But like last time, which was I think our fourth show, I snuck in a point where all of them met up backstage and were talking about getting ready for the next big event that was going to involve all of them at the same time. And like one of them used to be the the medic for the group and like still goes through and is like one of the tra- like the trainer and like makes sure that everybody who's injured is like taking care of themselves gets mad at them when they do stupid things and then there was another one that's like the older veteran and then one of them who's always constantly this like arrogant shithead heel villain mm-hmm. is like telling you hey you did a really good job out there keep doing that i think that what you're you're onto a good thing there God, and it was so meta it was super <laughs> meta and it was really fun just to like pull back the curtain into the curtain and like it, it was so they're they're starting to find some interesting things about it. I'm starting to find more fun ways that I can mess with them. I dropped the old champion for the group who had left to uh, because the group had gotten TV rights by being like not bought out, but the TV rights have been offered by a company. And so one character was like, well, then you're like, you guys are selling out. I'm leaving. And then I had him reappear right at the end of something. And the person who was in charge of the wrestling federation normally would be like, ha, had that plan going the whole time. He turned, ran out and was yelling for the producer of the TV company who had snuck the guy back in. What? So nice. it's really, oh it's really God. fun. We're pretending to be an independent wrestling company in San Luis Obispo. And there's a lot of hijinks and it's been, it's got, I've got a really good group of people who have been coming together to come up with new storylines and other fun stuff. It's been a really good time. That's so cool, man. Yeah. I think we even have a website now. It's acealleywrestling.com. So if you are interested in finding out more about either the Powered by the Apocalypse game that we use or about our game or about wrestling, if you're more of a role player, uh, stop by Ace Alley Wrestling. It gets real dumb real fast, and we like it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real dumb real fast is kind of my yep. speed. As yeah, you I was going to say, probably, it's yeah. right up your wheel, wheelhouse. I'm, yeah, right up my well. alley. I can't believe you missed that one. Oh, wow. Oh. I really did. Wow. I went, man. I that, went around that. Too. Yeah. Yes. That pun was aces. Also, I was going to bring up something else that I recently got on Kickstarter, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Well, I was hiding it from Chris because <laughs> it's called The Veil, and it is about cyberpunk in Korea. Whoa! All right. 
Uh, you have my attention. Korean yes. so, cyberpunk. Uh, it's totally really it. the book design was really gorgeous, and Whoa. a lot of the, the design S- seriously in love is with that artwork. Really cool. The artwork is really great. I'm gonna need some private time with that book. Yeah, I'm just gonna you know leave, if that happens, send up over here and it. Um, but <laughs> uh, I just got it, and uh, I also just got a Kickstarter for masks, which has uh, been talked about a lot amongst people that know. Those are things superhero you put on games. your face, right? They are. Yeah, uh, a lot of people you talk about masks. Your identity and and stop evil right oh i well do you have to do the second part or you could be evil i don't know yeah there we go okay yeah I just, that's, you know, that's a possibility it's essentially like playing uh runaways or young avengers the rpg so you're a group of young heroes uh often with mentors or trying to find your own way in the world or what have you and there are different struggles you have dealing with like not only with villains but also with yourselves and with growing as a person and with moral quandaries and so Neat. eventually I'll get to run one of those games. Not yet. That's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Uh, the books will be around for a while. That's fine. They won't go out of date when well, systems change and things. It'll I was I was going to ask what you're planning on doing with all your spare time. If you might be, because uh, you have a lot of spare time just sort of sitting around, you know, doing nothing. Right. So often. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you kept a straight face for that long. Yeah, that, was, that was quite good. Yeah. Uh, but th- I, I want to look at that book. <laughs> Yeah. so so I, good i need to eat that book yeah it's it is it a nice brain. looking book if i'm not mistaken one other thing that you got recently or was it you that got the super cool mass effect uh cards against humanity set both. totally did yeah we both that was did both of us awesome. I, I it it was pinged on my facebook and the first thing i did was share it with ben mm-hmm and the second thing was that I, I bought it. You pressed the purchase button. Yeah, absolutely. Faster yeah. than my phone could uh, yeah. anticipate it. They've arrived. Which, of um, course, means the first thing I then did was buy it. <laughs> right. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> they're, I haven't even opened mine. I, oh, uh, they're great. I've been, I've been, I haven't played Cards Against Humanity in a while. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm running into a similar problem. Uh, I, I got the cards because they're Mass Effect and I wanted them. Right. And they were a uh, dollar. And they were a dollar. And I absolutely love the people at Cards Against Humanity. They're a great company. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't actually Well, and let's have... face it, the first card that you see when you open it up is totally fuckable aliens. Right. My name Which is Commander is... Shepard, and... A cornerstone is... of Mass Effect. Right, totally also, yeah, aliens. my name is Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite blank on the Citadel is a black card. So, I don't so actually good. have anyone at uh, where I live, in, like, my house, at the Hulse, who gives a shit about Mass Effect. Girlfriend doesn't actually live there. Right. Mm. Uh... So I can't just like slide my cards into our normal Cards Against Humanity deck, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Eyebrows, eyebrows. So I haven't gotten a chance to like share these cards with friends, which is a little (laughs) bit unfortunate. Um, But I'm glad that I was able to support the Cards Against Humanity people anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I mean, at some point, you're probably going to get to use them. So I have no doubt. And And when that day arrives, (laughs) it's going to be real dumb. Honestly, what I was what I was considering purchasing instead of that, because let's face it, we don't need three sets of cards. Armored no. Krogan Clitoris. That was one of the cards. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I that was in my brain. I had to give that virus to someone else. So Zach, you were saying. <laughs> no. No, it's gone. It's, I can see it on his face. It's I, gone. Whatever uh, it was. I don't just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't quit the show yet. Yeah, I can quit the show. Okay, I quit the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Um, uh, that's wait. So that that means it's just you and I, Ben. Well, no, I just have to ask. Like, what about the butts? Is there a card about butts? Oh, alien butts. You know there. No, 
No, the other card that I can remember is uh, Bone Shattering Sex with a Hot Robot. Okay. All right. But nothing about butts. Nothing about butts. All right. That's, yeah, that, well, that's a very clever multi-layered dumb card. <laughs> yeah. I feel no. justified in my non-purchase then. Yeah. No, I think you're good. Needs butts. Needs <laughs> more butts. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's also... Is that one or are we, is that technically five? That's several. I don't know. That's that's five. That's, Multiple butts. That's some butts. Sure. <laughs> uh, the game that I was... Butts! Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for it again. The game that I was looking to purchase from them instead is Secret Hitler. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Which looks like a really fun game. Yeah, I've heard very good things about Secret Hitler. The only is thing a weird that... thing to say out loud. Yeah. Well, uh... <laughs> the only thing that I know about the Secret Hitler is that the cards against humanity people, which I, as I have previously stated, I love, love sent copies of the game to all 203 members of Congress. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Secret Hitler. Which is. <laughs> it's well so cheeky. Yeah. God, yeah. I love it. They're very cheeky. Well, this is the same company that dug a hole for several days for their Black Friday sale. Yep. I don't remember that. Are keep you- paying us money and we'll keep digging the hole. Doug, this was a good one. They yeah. said, we will dig a hole as long as you continue paying us money. Frequently asked questions. Why are you digging a hole? Dude, if you're asking the question, you don't get it. <laughs> They're like, how long are you going to keep digging? I don't know how long you can keep paying us. Like, they just, you just, the money kept going up and there was just a dude in a track. Uh, what, what, what? Like a, doing? like a backhoe? A backhoe. Thank you. Uh, who just kept just scooping dirt, just moving dirt. It was live streamed for hours. <laughs> they were, they were they would live streamed the moving dirt. Yeah. As you do. I watched it. They made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's so smart. Because you were, well, it's hard to know if you were watching it for the money or the dirt. It was the dirt. Yeah, you're right. Rocks. 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 Yeah. Uh, their Super Bowl ad was Potato. You didn't hear about this either? No. They made a. Wow, how did I miss this? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lay it on me. Give me uh, the juice. They, they made a Super Bowl ad. I don't know if it actually aired anywhere. Uh, apparently, it just. Um, well, I don't, I don't know about that, but the point is, it was just a shot of a potato with advertisement. It was advertisement written on it, right? I think it was just like a, that. it was a word sharpied on a potato. Just a shot of that. Just like thirty seconds of it, right? No cutaway to Cards Against Humanity or like a logo or anything. No subtext underneath it. No hidden messages. Just a potato with sharpie on it. Oh, jeez. I appreciate that. God, that humor is just so good. They're just it's it's, it's so, so absurd. It's a really good in company. Very particular. Get way. behind that. It's absurd in a way that takes itself seriously enough, like just seriously enough, right? Mm-hmm. And also completely out, like wildly out of proportion. Secret Hitler is actually um, a, a free game where you can download the PDF, and if you print it out and cut it on pieces of paper, right? But I like them enough that I'm I plan on purchasing it. To yeah, give the game, them my money. From what I've heard, the game is clever enough that it sounds like it's worth it. So yeah. That's a good time. You have to find out who the secret Hitler is. Dun, dun, dun. So I think it is that time that we finally go ahead and get into the meat of the thing that we knew we were going to talk about, that we've known we were going to talk about at some point ever since it was announced, that we've talked about on the podcast at least once. Mass Effect Andromeda comes Andromeda. out March 21st. I already, I already did my pre-order. Yeah. I, I, I had... It's the only gaming series that I'm actually caught up with, so it yeah. deserved my actually giving it money this, this time. Yeah, right. At, right. I, mean, out I gave of the it money when I bought the games the first time, but you know what I mean. Like I'm not caught <laughs> up on any other series. Like I skipped Witcher two to get to Witcher three, and I'm decided I'm just fine with that. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't. It is fine. Which you are okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I just decided like I, I'm done. It, we, we're just. I just want to play the game. 
Um, I might do the same thing with Dragon Age Inquisition, but I'm mm-hmm. going to decide that when I get there. I still haven't beat that one. Right. Probably so. going to put that on the back burner for Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, Witcher yeah. is going to end up on my back burner while I play Andromeda, and then I'll probably go back to it before doing any additional playthroughs because I do I do really want to play through Witcher 3. It's such a gorgeous game. Yeah. But Real talk. I am supremely worried about all the games that need to be played right now because of Mass Effect Andromeda. Of course, mm. Because there are so many. NEA is going to occupy a large portion of my heart, or at least I am anticipating that it will. Right. But I still need to play Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Which came out oh, of left yeah. field I and heard it's, real good things. Yes, I've heard incredible things. I, I love that you say it came out of left field because I've been excited for this game since the first E3 trailer. Okay, yeah. so the first E3 trailer was a video of a badass redheaded lady shooting robots with a bow. I took that with a grain of salt. Robot dinosaurs, what more do you need? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Ah. I need plot. You know, I would like an, uh, like a story told. I don't just need a badass character. Now that was what surprised me. Yes. Is all the people going around on the internet saying, holy crap, this game's story is phenomenal. Yeah. Which, well, that's a good sign to me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I absolutely want to play Horizon Zero Dawn as soon as possible, but that requires paying money for it, and I'm not willing to do that with the other games on my current plate, so it's probably getting pushed back until that game goes down to like 30 bucks or below. Yep. Agreed. So same, like, same by same next with, year, uh, let's face it, Like, although it's popular enough maybe two years, but I will end, I will end up playing it, absolutely, but good. not yet. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, though, I threw all the money at. Not true. I threw most of the money at. Uh, I didn't get the Super Deluxe, which is mostly just bonuses for playing multiplayer it seems like uh, yeah so i got the like regular deluxe well, which was like if it came with like a statue i'd more. go for it or the, something the sure, multiplayer for mass effect 3 the digital download pre-order so was was excellent there were good right. times with the me3 multiplayer it sounds like the this multiplayer is going to be somewhat similar in the sense that it'll still be a cooperative multiplayer it sounds like to me yeah huh. which i'm fine with because that's very mass effecty agreed get your squad together you know so Honestly, for a minute, I thought there might be a team story mode based on the misunderstanding that I had with somebody, <laughs> but it was a misunderstanding. The huh. story mode sounds like it is single player. You do not, in fact, play as both writer kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Mass Effect has been gradually releasing more information about this. You know, EA has a Mass Effect channel where they've been releasing more information about what Bioware is doing with this game, and they've put out a couple of really cool little videos about combat, about profiles, and how you can change based on your situation you can alter what loadouts, abilities you have on quick loadout yeah like kind of like loadouts they've done a little bit about story there's actually some really cool stuff up in what's called the andromeda initiative which is the in-game organization that you're with and also a site in which you can actually see some in-game like in-character videos about joining the andromeda initiative what you can expect to do what kind of technology is present what your what your goal are is goals are goal is golden worlds are what your goal am what your goal are am does uh that it's actually really (laughs) cool though because there's a lot of like pre-world building they're able to set up which they'll also be able to do in game i think Mm -hmm. but you get an idea that like from the distance of an entire galaxy away, they've got long-range sensors that between the Citadel races are advanced enough to figure out which worlds might be suitable for life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's your job as part of the human team of Pathfinders to uh, go and try and figure out are those worlds in fact suitable and what, you know, help learn more about the threats of this new galaxy. But it's all based on cryosleep. Which means that by the time you get there, the rest of the galaxy as you knew it in Mass Effect will pretty much be long gone or 
have moved on several hundred years. Bold storytelling move. It is. Yeah. It's, it was very interesting to me because, you know, you can't go back from that. So you either say that Andromeda is its own thing and then you write it off whenever you go on to another game in the series or you make more Andromeda games or you, who knows, we just want to get this one story in the pipeline and done and push it to a place where whatever Shepard did doesn't, you know, kind of becomes tangential to the plot and not in a place where you still have to feel the lasting legacy of that. Or I don't hopefully know. You you could have been this seed that plants the 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 future campaigns that the things that you do set into motion events that could cause future games hundreds of years down the road. Right. I don't know. Next time I, Reapers come through. I have no. no idea what they're planning on. Okay. Hot take. In before someone else does it. Yeah. In before. The travel to Andromeda mm-hmm. results in a weird time loop where the characters of the Andromeda Initiative inadvertently create the reapers Ooh, ooh, fun they it, become the reapers it's so stupid i love it yeah i'm writing fan fiction for a game that's not even out yet yeah hey if people can write fan fiction for musicals that are based on historical fiction or historical fact now then you can write fan fiction for a game that's not out yet you can fanfic just about anything you want guaranteed god i love the internet yeah isn't it though yeah um, I'm actually really excited because uh, we saw an N7 early on in the promotional material, and it turns out that N7 is actually your main character's dad, who is also the head of the, I think the head of the overall Pathfinder team, um, and also possibly the head of the human Pathfinder team. So there are multiple teams, and I, I'm sure there's at least like one human, one Asari, one Solarian, and one Turian. And uh, yeah. whether or not there's any others, I don't know. Um, but they've essentially established that there's one arc each that has a primary group of one race since they all were sort of still individual like empires that were part of the Citadel Council. And then you have the Nexus, which is this massive like mobile space station slash gigantic like it's larger than even like the dreadnought sized ships yeah. from the original games. It's just huge. And the goal is that one goes with you and you build onto it when you get to this new world by completing certain tasks and regaining resources. So there is that, but that station has everybody on it. So it's this really interesting, like they've set up a lot of opportunities for you to have familiar, familiar pieces of the Milky Way galaxy there and also get into this new space with new races and new worlds and new everything else. So they haven't actually shown a lot of the newer stuff that you'll see in Andromeda on the official Mass Effect stuff. IGN has posted some first looks, and I'll be the first person to say I haven't looked at them because they're actually pretty long. A lot of them are like 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I've seen half-hour videos. I've I've been telling myself personally, like Zach probably will have some more insight into this then, um, I have been avoiding them because I... Part of what always pulls me back to Mass Effect is that first glimpse you get of not just getting to the Citadel, which is a big one, but getting into the wards for the first time and having your characters walk up and just watching uh, hover cars zipping by and like all of the different like lighting and the really strong sense of future. Yeah. uh, Advanced civilization. But it was just it was a very getting getting kind of pulled into that, too. Because it's that's a very immersive atmosphere that they bring you into. It was a very establishing sense of place. Mm -hmm. And it was very striking for me because I didn't know anything about that whole game before I started playing other than that people liked it. I didn't even like know that totally fuckable aliens was a joke. Yeah. (laughs) But because people just really liked it. And that's all that most people would tell me because I didn't really ask. I just went, all right, I own that game. I'll play it eventually. And when I did, it was really just very striking is I think the word I wanted. And so, well, you know, I don't want to actually see 
the nexus before I get to like walk around on it with my character. And I don't actually want to see like your first 15 minutes playing Andromeda before I get into it. Like I'm, I'm really curious to get to see this the game as I play it for right. the first time. This which, really you know. reminds me of uh, just before uh, the force awakens came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our mutual friends. coworkers who was completely just, media blackout. Yeah. Off the wall. And this no isn't, spoilers. this isn't like he was off, you know, Twitter. He wasn't, you know, avoiding Reddit. He like you disconnected in from the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You he went texted offline. him or you called him. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I, I as harrowing as it was for everyone else around him to support that. He got into books. I yeah, he read <laughs> I say that like it's so foreign. So like, much came What a crazy idea. Yeah. yeah. His dedication to that was really uh, admirable. And I asked him after the fact and I said, Hey, hey, was all that effort worth it? He said, totally. Yeah. In that way that he does. Yeah. But I believe it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely mm-hmm. do. And that's, I think, you know, I, I I don't know if I would have been able to do that about the new game entirely because uh, one, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it on the show. Right. And two, I just, I really wanted to know some of the basic ideas of what they were doing, but I don't want to see long takes of it i want to get to experience a lot of that you know from the inside myself from the outside where you like here's the here's a ship flying by and here's the arc and here's you standing in front of one shot of one thing okay cool i'm good with that mm-hmm. here's you running around on a planet surface it's a planet surface that's not you know and fighting okay that's cool it doesn't spoil any looks of anything first looks at anything for me besides the game engine which right. i'm actually pretty cool with that's why i've kind of been trusting the mass effect channel because it seems like they know what their fans want yeah and they're giving them little snippets of things that are cool and new in this game without going too far into those big environmental sweeping Mm -hmm. landscapes that you want to experience for yourself for the first time this is on youtube yeah youtube got it okay which understandably like with a lot of other games like gta 5 or something you know people want to be like hey i love just What's it look like when you walk around Los Santos? That's cool. I'm like it, it is. That's totally cool. Mm-hmm. But for Mass Effect, it's a different feel for me. Right. And for like other games along that lines, like the you other know, Bioware games or uh, other games involving like space exploration or mysterious new fantasy worlds or whatever, I don't necessarily want to get to see that right away. But with, but the the tradition of like first looks at highly popularized games, like people have done that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in it for me. I want to get to walk through all that myself with my own virtual other person that I'm playing is two fake feet that move according to 3D modeling. Right. Now, what's what's great is that I, I, I agree with that. I don't want to see any of those big first look videos. I don't want to see mm-hmm. your first hour playing Mass Effect. Um, what I do want, though, is a lot of that written story context because it's something that I realized with The Witcher uh, a point that I wanted to bring up a while ago that there was never really good time, so I'm just going to shoehorn it in right now. Ding. <laughs> uh, the the a, a story moment that for me made that game very powerful, like even just when you guys were talking about it a moment ago, was when you said that Geralt has an American accent mm-hmm. and it's weird, uh, and you and then you referred to him directly as Geralt of Rivia, and because I have this like story knowledge of the books behind it of where Rivia is, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. you knowing that Geralt is not of Rivia, that mm. no one of Rivia sounds like him, that he's not really from these places. He's kind of, he's from Kaer Morhen. Mm. But uh, because of what happened at Rivia. That reference. I totally yeah. got that reference. Yeah, that was good. <sighs> uh, because of what happened at Rivia, 
the the people that were the leading that town said, Geralt, you don't have a place. We accept you here. And so he's always known as Geralt of Rivia because he basically saved that town from burning to the ground. Um, so the, mm. the tie-in then is the, the richness of the lore. Is, yeah, having that, that foundation of story to build off of so that you can tell when people say, oh, you're not from around here. You, you get to know the, the depth mm. of that statement that, no, he's fucking not from around here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would like to have an idea of that, but the 30-minute intro to the game is not how you get that no. i think the way you've been doing it is is the best way yeah to get like because what you're doing like the andromeda initiative videos are actually as close as i think you can get knowing that they're still doing marketing about here's what the game looks like because like they're introducing you to characters for example here are the characters that are going to be going on the trip here are your like they introduce you to your own characters as if you're a recruit for the andromeda initiative getting to know the human pathfinder team but they like here are the two writer kids and they're that's who you're going to be playing but actually for a really, moment you know i kind of like just as an aside i like that they aren't making this as open-ended about your character that you get to play who you want no you're playing a kid you're playing yeah. one of these two people. Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious what level of customization we're going to get within that, and if somebody's probably got a video of it somewhere and, and, and great, whatever. But I'm curious, like, what level of, like, here is your background. What were you like? And how much you can change that within the scope of, like, you know, I am Sarah Ryder. This is my brother. This is my father. He leads the Pathfinder Initiative. Were you an Earthborn spacer or a colonist? Right. <laughs> or is that not to... an option? You know, right, like, exactly. did, they, did they already pre-record all of that and therefore you can't choose it? Or are you going to be choosing entirely different things about your character now that we're not used to because we've never played a character that wasn't Shepard before? Are we, are we going <laughs> to have... Except for Infiltrator, which uh, doesn't it, really count. Is this going to be the Breath of the Wild of the Mass Effect series? Are we going to have a complete departure where it's more of... Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't successor? necessarily seem like that. Like it does seem like there's some things like the combat system seems much more mature. The combat in this game. system. This is, is I think what Zach is in the most excited yes, about. Yes, <laughs> because fucking sweet. Yeah. yeah. There uh, something that I've always really enjoyed about Mass Effect. Oh, surprise, I like story elements. What? Role playing is fun. That's yeah, crazy. Great, cool. But big surprise. Yeah. Gameplay's been pretty cool too, but yeah, I it think got, it was by by Mass Effect 3 it was starting to mature a little bit and it was a little mm -hmm. smoother. Like Mass Effect 1 the combat was there so you could get in between story things. Right. Really. And like, that was to sort of fill the gaps and to provide challenge You're and interaction. Military. Yeah. And in fairness, like, you know, I still enjoyed it. But like by three, I was actually like, I'm flinging powers and shit. This is cool. Hell yeah. Turns out combining powers and getting people to do other stuff can be pretty fun. Yeah. And then combining that with extremely high mobility. I don't know. It seems like it's a really entertaining way to control your character because like yeah. doom as a great example high mobility for me made that game so much more fun than some of the slower games that limit you for story reasons or yeah. something on some of the like interesting mobility options in like breath of the wild or like mm -hmm. just cause three you know where you suddenly can like get up to a high place and then use that as a point to get from point to point very quickly and you know, that's that changes the way you play the game. And I think even just little things like I have jump jets. Right. It's really cool suddenly having the high ground for a second, even though you're a little more vulnerable, you can up, down, sniper rifle, mm -hmm. or uh, using those same thrusters to go side to side very quickly is going to add a lot of it. Like it, it does make it feel like your character is a little more suited for what they do because you're not necessarily a soldier in this game. 
like you are as commander Shepard, you're an explorer. Mm-hmm. And whether that means you're a, like a scientist or whether that means you're like, uh, you know, more of the military arm or whether it's, you're a little of everything remains to be seen, but like, it feels a little different. Like you're a different kind of character. Yeah. I, I appreciate that we have these jump jets now that are part of the explorer vibe because, because it has a very EVA space maneuverability yeah, yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, you're like an astronaut out in space. Mm-hmm. Um, except that this you're is on the planet. future and you're on the planet and you, and you can use guns. it to use so. guns. Anyway. Um, sure. <sighs> so super excited about Mass Effect Andromeda. I, I I haven't gone the Ben Freed route. I have not pre-ordered because I don't really give a shit about getting an, a super extra helmet or something like that. I have it's, an internet connection. I'll download it. Uh, I yeah, mean, I, I mainly pre-ordered, pre-ordered it for the pre-loading. Oh part yeah, of it. you have an internet connection now too. That's I right, have, crazy fast internet. I have an internet connection that actually does internet things now instead of kind of doing internet things when it feels like. Without so. being air quote internet. Right, exactly. So I mean, I and also like literally I took the first three days that the game is out off from work. Wow. Yeah. Should have thought of that. That was I, smart. It's not something I really ever do for games. I have friends that do that for like whichever big game that they're planning on playing. Like first day Destiny is out, I'm taking that off or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, I, I have planned that ahead for Destiny. I had <laughs> Destiny three two. days that yeah. were yeah. fair. I had three days that were going to expire if I didn't use them by the middle of the year. And I said, cool, I'm taking these three days off. And the first day is conveniently the day that Emmy and Drama comes out. And the second one is the day after that. And the third one's the day after that. And great. <laughs> oh, That's just what I'm going to do for three straight days. And it's going to be amazing. It's fine. Oh, incidents. Yes. You're not even going to get out of your pajamas. Why? Three days. Yeah. Why I bother? don't need to. I'll be in the Andromeda galaxy. You'll be for in crying space. We call him the bed finder. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Nap finder. Yes. Right here. <laughs> I am super excited, though. If you hadn't guessed from all of our previous podcasts, uh, it's, it's going to be, I think, uh, a notable moment for us as Mass Effect fans. Nah, we hate those games. God, they yeah, suck. There's nothing really to it. Awful. Yeah, it's real excited. Uh, I can't even pretend. <laughs> it's just, it needs to get here faster. By the time you listen to this, it'll almost be out. And yeah. so uh, we're, yeah, we're planning on talking about it again once it comes out. Obviously, yeah, no doubt. Uh, because uh, it sounds like we're all going to have played it by the next time we record, probably. Most likely. <laughs> yeah. Odds are good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, depends on how much Zach desperately wants to hang on to keep playing Breath of the Wild. No, but I'm I'm not slow rolling that game for anything. Like in I'm, fairness, Breath of the Wild, you, because you have this magical thing called the Switch now, you can play it mobily wherever you want. Right. Whereas Try- Mass Effect, you'll have to play in front of your console. Also, honestly, I'm kind of playing Breath of the Wild just at a at a comfortable pace. I think I'm probably going to finish it tomorrow or the next day. Just oh. so that I can continue passing it on to people. Oh, okay. Because I like it when people can experience games. You know, I like sharing about the the joys of gaming. We were going to buy The Witcher eventually. Yeah. Well, also, I just you know, I like I like telling people about games too. It's podcast. I'm probably gonna play Doom eventually. Also, eventually, yeah. Yeah, Doom needs to happen. Uh, I'm still glaring at you though, Zach, because of the. Uh, Deus Ex mm. problem. The, you know the the game you said uh, that I should borrow from you multiple I times. That we forgot to give to you, you. Forgot about, and then it happened so long ago that I forgot that you were gonna say, "Hey, you should borrow this." And I just <laughs> saw it on sale. I'm like, "Oh, I should buy 
play this. This looks like a fun game. This looks that like someone a fun game. Told me about. I can't remember anything. I feel like about I've heard that. good things. Shrug. Yeah. From someone that I may or may not know. Shrug. <laughs> Glare. Glare. Okay. All right. Well. Well, we're punchy and tired. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> going to about wind it up for us. Uh, we are looking forward to coming back at you soon with uh, some first takes on uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and also More whatever sport. other crazy nonsense things that we've been doing and been up to uh hopefully back with some updates about what we've been up to as far as the tabletop storytelling yeah and if you have any thoughts on what you'd like to hear us talk about you can always get at us at rpokpodcast at gmail.com uh we're more than happy to talk to you there and you can also find us on twitter at rpokpodcast which hopefully we'll go back to updating soon now that we're up and running again it is good to be back around the table with you guys likewise yes yes, yes. good to be back and it's Great good to hair. be. <laughs> oh, this old thing. <laughs> and it's good to be here and uh, just talking about games with you guys out there as well, our favorite imaginary listeners of all. And so uh, we will be back soon. We'll be ready to talk more Andromeda and more gaming, storytelling, and tabletop. Until we do, get out there, and tell your story. <laughs>